0: Welcome to Simply Cyber. Everybody. Welcome to the live show. Woo. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is December 30th. It's a woo! Woo! Let's get some of this, right, y'all? Welcome to episode number 272 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozan. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, and all of Team Live are going to be getting all up in- and... <laughs> the business of the top cybersecurity news of the day there will be no quarters now listen before we get into the show i do want to say what's up to all of you in chat adam frank i see you carrie white kayla rose up in here a lot of people there getting their first first team live i saw you up in canada team live what's up jeff Watala, jacob hey guys before we get into the news i want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors you know them i know them Starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor, who is up in chat of Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses recover from the cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send hardworking, dedicated business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solution knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Link in the description below. Still time to get on Eric Taylor's 2022 calendar, y'all. Oh, it's such a good song. Oh, those guys never aged, never aged a bit. Also want to say shout out and thanks to Recon InfoSec, good friends over there. Recon InfoSec's Managed Detection and Response MBR offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum ops to organizations of any size. Their MBR service includes fully-managed SIM and SOAR, And customers gain full visibility into their own environment as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon team. If you need MDR service, if you need security operations assistance, if you need to scale up your staff for your uh, InfoSec team and you don't have the money to do it. Well, obviously MDR costs something, but like it's a fraction of what an FTE costs. Consider Recon InfoSec. Now, guys, I do want to remind you that you should be saying what's up in chat. Holy crap, Randoc Gaiman.
1: What? Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: Happy New Year to you too, Randoc Gaiman. Best of luck to those going for the search, job interviews and so much more. Much love and wish everyone a Happy New Year. Randoc Gaiman, regular on the show, really genuinely appreciate the support and love. Guys, if you are in chat, be sure to say what's up. Every episode of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this hot take, is worth half a CPE, so two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up, document literally easiest, and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. Also, I may wanna remind you, uh, somebody reached out to me yesterday and was like, "How how do I prove that I got the CPEs? And I'm like, well, you have to go back to the stream and watch where you said what's up, and that's your auditable evidence that you were there. Uh, in addition to your integrity and ethical, you know, standards that you're not lying. And she said, okay, I'll go back and look, but I, you know, I don't have any way to cue that like, you know, Usha 412 was here at 8.04 a.m. Like Usha would have to go and look through the stream. So try to make it a point to, um, I get, I hate to say this like a, a jerk, but like if it, if, if you want to make it easy on your, try to say what's up in the first like couple minutes of the stream, that way you can always find it wicked easy. Okay all right if you are live love it i see eric taylor um i haven't been following chat really so i don't know uh what the chat is here but i see eric taylor up in here nicholas Boulet Lavoie, that's my man who's getting his first team live action welcome to the stream always learning always loving that's what i'm saying hey what's up jim lung good to see you edward Mayer, matthew net up in here got that red squad logo i like that orange squads for Tom Bishop and haircut fish haircut fish got a big day today talking to his employer <laughs> right haircut fish gonna have that 11:30 30 a.m scheduled meeting that you know what's up all right guys if you are live love it I see 78 of us in here 82 now uh hashtag team live um love it glad you guys are getting up with me if you're on replay drop a hashtag team replay in the comments it counts as far as kind of like burning, it'll be time-stamped in the comments so you can get cred for um, for being here, you hear me? All right, oh, let's do this. Wait, yeah, let's do that. All right, so, but if you're here just for the news and you're like, Jerry, please, with the jaw jacking, got news for you, it's gonna be a minute. Uh, we're gonna give it about two minutes of a little little love, little, little social, and then I'll uh, get into the news here. Got some music, jumping. Let's say two minutes and 19 seconds, okay? Zombie Guy Loken doing the gifted subs throwing it out on a wonderful um a wonderful friday liam i saw your message i will um giddy up with you right after the stream's over guys i will tell you what i thought about it i saw some chat um i'm thinking the new emote's gonna be something around jaw jacking there's just too much (laughs) there's just too much jaw jacking going on up here i mean we need a emote right am i right so we're gonna giddy up on that today or later today maybe on a personal note, it is Friday, so we've got Grayson's Joke of the Day. Also, my lovely, lovely wife of over a decade got me this awesome shirt for Christmas. This is the midnight. Love this band so much. Love this band. Literally, it's like the only band I listen to. All right, guys. Storm Walkins up in here. Edward Meyer. Nicholas Boulet Lavoie getting a squad sub. Welcome to the welcome to the team live, my man. Nicholas, check out those emotes. You're gonna love them. You're gonna love them. Look it. I'm gonna do some Oprah. You get one, you get one, you get one. Alright, y'all. I think I'm ready for some news. What do you guys think? Jeremy Williams up in here, my man. Cyber munchkin's doing what cyber munchkins do. Alright, y'all. I think it's time to get (laughs) Ackerman. All right, I think it's ready. Jerry, you will have to watch out. Your band you listen to doesn't snap. That's right, Carrie. Shirt looks sick. Thanks, Justin. I love the midnight, man. My wife just got a knife for these things. Found that shirt. It was awesome. Mm. All right, all right, Jerry. Enough with the jaw jacking. Cool. Let's go ahead and get into the news y'all feeling lit right now. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Friday, December 30th, 2022. Snooping bug found on Google Home speakers. A security researcher discovered a bug in Google Home smart speakers that could allow for installing a backdoor to remotely control it and monitor the device's microphone. The research discovered that adding new users required a device's name, certificate, and cloud ID from the device's local API. With this information, they could add a new user. Once doing so, they created a script to automate local device data exfiltration. The latest firmware to Google Home disables this attack approach. The researcher received a $107,500 bug bounty from Google for disclosing the vulnerability. Okay. Three commas API database. Hold on one second.
0: Yeah, no, this is really, really interesting stuff. Okay, so basically Google Home, um, it, it didn't say that this was actively being exploited. This story is more around interesting security research, I would call. Um, now, one really interesting thing I want to call out really quick is that the researcher here used Nmap, uh, you know, to initially scan um, the Google Home device and and uh, f- you know found the HTTP API port, li- uh, you know, for listening or sending traffic. So th- I think that that's really awesome. Just goes to show you guys, Nmap is such a fundamental tool. It's so it's it's um it's such a seminal tool in the information security uh, toolbox, if you will. Uh, you could see, uh, the individuals running stuff right here. This is, I would say this is more of like an advanced use, um, of Nmap. I I don't think that this is Nmap right here. This is actually, yeah, this is just catching traffic. Um, I don't know what app this is that, that is doing this, uh, with the color coding and all this, but this is not, uh, Nmap right here. But, but the point is used Nmap on their own device, right? So it didn't violate any rules. Didn't, didn't, you know, didn't need a bug bounty program or whatever. Just on their own device, and they were able to catch a couple things. Now, this is not novel. I mean, excuse me. This is not um, basic on what they had to do because you needed a cert, uh, a device name, which they clearly had, a cert, which they probably cap caught uh, with the traffic, and a cloud ID from the local API. I don't know exactly if that was uh, defined per the unit itself, but either way, they were able to use it. And then sounds like. They wrote a little um, curl command to push to the device uh, this particular information and create a new account. I think this is cool. I love, love, love that Google gave this researcher one hundred seven thousand um, dollars bug bounty for this one. To me, guys, like uh, you know, it, it, they could have given them seventy five thousand or her seventy five thousand dollars, and it would have been okay. Uh, $100,000. Okay. Like I'm not going to mince words like there's some kind of clear rubric on how you quantify the value of a bug. But to me, $107,000 is a really fair, very fair, very, very equitable uh, bounty for Google um, to pay, right? Because Google's a multi-billion dollar company. This Google home device, they have a lot of eggs in that basket from a product's perspective. So it would be horrible pub for, um, you know, like Google Home uh, surveillance device or like, you know, whoever threat actor group is all up in Google Home. It, this could torpedo. This story has the potential, if it had gotten, uh, you know, someone else had discovered this or whatever, to really screw Google Home's product line and business and all that. So I love that they're putting their money where their mouth is, as it were. Great cash, homie. And and you know what? For $107,000, I wouldn't be surprised if other security researchers slowly turned their uh, eye of Sauron gaze from, you know, Huawei or Apple devices or whatever, and turned it over and looked at Google Home devices because they're obviously paying, right? This, this right here is called incentive. We've all got it. It's why we get up and go to work in the morning. It's financial motivation, right? So love this. Uh, I'm going to put this link in chat, guys. This story, um, while this story is just, you know, one of the stories today, I like the way that this story is documented. E- like visually, for, for to visually consume it, this is really, uh, really well done. Looks like the actual, yeah, this is the blog post that the author did. This guy's having a very happy new year. Um, It just looks like a really well-written security research blog post. Um, I'd have to scan it. I mean, I'd have to read it fully to appreciate it, but based on what I'm seeing right now, and I've read a a lot of blog posts of like security research, bug bounties and stuff like that. This one right here looks really good. So if you're, here's the thing, if you're looking to, you know, start writing blogs, do security research, maybe you're looking at bug bounties and stuff. This right here would be a fantastic, um, blog post to bookmark and use as a reference when documenting your own blog posts or security research or bug bounties and stuff like that. This is just really well done. Like the layout, the flow. Um, yeah, really well done. Well done.
1: Leaked. A leaker on Twitter published over 10,000 API keys belonging to users of the crypto trading service three commas. They claim to have obtained roughly 100,000 that will be leaked in the coming days. Three Comma CEO Yuri Sororkin confirmed the legitimacy of the API keys, saying it asked Binance, Qcoin, and other exchanges to revoke all keys. Three Comma's previously confirmed users lost at least $6 million to attackers since October through executing trades through API keys.
0: I... <laughs> BSEC. <coughs> BSEC. Hey, Google, check to see if you're hackable. I love that. That's really funny. <laughs> So, hey guys, okay, so anonymous Twitter user leaks three commas API. So three commas, I'm guessing, is some type of uh, financial institution of sorts around crypto. So obviously, FinFrock. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so here's the deal. All of these platforms, right, have APIs. We've talked about APIs uh, ad nauseum on the channel. If if you are brand new here, right, because I love making the daily cyber threat briefing inclusive for everybody, even people who are just new to the industry, because I don't want you to think like, oh, like there's two they're they're using terminology. I don't get it, I don't get it, I'm out of here. No. API stands for application programming interface and it essentially allows you to write applications to talk to other applications. So instead of having a user go to a website and type in stuff, you can just have an app go and, you know, interface with with something so APIs are pretty pretty common um, the three commas one their API keys um, that went into Binance and these other uh, financial institution platforms to probably pull uh, a customers balance uh, maybe do transactions uh, uh, crypto trading and stuff for the for the uh, customer got compromised now a couple interesting things here one the anonymous Twitter user leaked it so either this is a act of revenge or this person is an anarchist. There's no reason. There's no reason to dump this publicly on the internet. Uh, Like the, the, so this person who did this is really screwing three commas over. Okay. But, but, but that's fine. It's not like they exploited them. They did say something that some of the users had lost some money. Um, So I'm guessing between the time that the API data leak dropped and three commas was able to revoke the API keys. Some threat actors were able to leverage them to uh, take some money. Also, now that I'm thinking about it, thinking back to the Mirai botnet and how that all worked out. um, Maybe these individuals actually stole a bunch of money. And then in order to hide in the noise, dumped the keys of the API database, uh, you know, the API keys, hoping that other people would grab them and start doing it to make a bunch of noise so that those threat actors that had committed the initial crime could basically hide in, in the noise. It's the equivalent of like, when, um, like in the movie casino, when what's her face, uh, Sharon Stone is like stealing, um, chips off the poker table and then the, the casino people are like grab her and they're like come with us and then she grabs a handful of chips and throws them in the air and then everybody just starts like acting like zombies in the chips or brains like they're just like, like going all over the place right that's kind of the equivalent of what's going on here potentially right that's kind of what is potentially happening that's what Mirai Botnet uh the operators originally Mirai Botnet did. They released the source code online and a bunch of people started using it and they were thinking like, oh, the FBI will never catch us <laughs> because there's so many people using it. The FBI caught them. They, they did jail time. Okay. The other thing that makes me think that it's either somebody who's an anarchist or somebody trying to create this noise is API keys can be revoked in, like, like that. Dude, if you've ever generated an API key, there's a button right next to it that says generate new key right it, it's wicked common to have API keys get regenerated now in three so so my point is by leaking these you're basically burning them because three commas is obviously going to revoke and reissue all the API keys they will have some business impact for some period of time because the API keys will be broken for a bit and users will have a crap experience because it'll look like the app is broke. That three commas is created or is using, but dude, it'll be fixed and then it'll be off. It'll be back to business as usual. Not to mention this time of year right now, things are slow. I mean, I'm not saying that every customer of three commas stops using the platform between Christmas and new year's, but right now is a much slower period of time. Right? So, Again, stay tuned. I don't know if this will ever come to light, but this is either someone who is what likes to see the world burn, or someone who committed a crime and is trying to create a bunch of noise to hide in the crime. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's what I think about this. But but yes, uh, as you can see, uh, unknown on LinkedIn says, and everybody agrees, right? Like you just revoke the keys and you're back to business. This isn't like domain admin creds that are hard coded into some program getting released online and like they can't unscrew it you know what i
1: mean i don't know Ireland investigating twitter user data for sale the country's data protection commission launched an investigation into twitter's compliance with data protection law as it relates to an alleged hack that claims to have exfiltrated data on 400 million accounts The threat actor alleging the attack asked for $200,000 to hand over the data, which includes phone numbers and emails of users, including politicians and celebrities. The threat actor claims they obtained the information through an API bug that Twitter said it fixed earlier this year.
0: Okay. All right. Hold on now. This is a follow-up story. This is a story we covered like earlier in the week. Thanks, feeling Spiffy. Welcome to the, welcome to the channel. Um, 400, so this is a story that I think we covered on Monday where a threat actor had stolen 400 million Twitter records that had, like, email, name, uh, handle, right? It wasn't, like, really juicy bits of information. Um, And for those who have SF-86 forms, you know, it was nothing new that wasn't available online. Um, uh, I cry, I weep. (laughs) So, um, and the threat actor said that they wanted $400 $400 million in an uh, in extortion payment, essentially not to release the data and Elon Musk had paid himself or any employee of Twitter or whoever, they didn't really care. And their argument was it was $1 per record. Okay. So here's the follow-up story. Someone's going to be investigating Twitter after, you know, after this happened. Now the hacker is demanding $200,000. <laughs> the hacker is demanding $200,000. Holy crap! Talk about a um a, a dramatic decrease in price. What can someone crunch the numbers on this? When your original request is four hundred million dollars, and then you have a New Year's Eve barn burner sale where everything must go, um, and you change the price to two hundred thousand. What is that? Is that like a ninety-eight percent discount <laughs> or ninety-nine percent discount? You know, you know this Ryushi asked for four hundred million dollars, and they're like, "Suck it." like, you, like suck it. You are getting nothing. And he's like, all right. All right, all right. How's 200,000 sound? Like th- this is such a, <laughs> this is such a, this, this is not how you do business guys. Like you don't come over the top rope. <laughs> you don't come over the top rope in a business negotiation and then follow up with your second price at this ridiculous value. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that they should be selling criminal records. I mean, this is all crime, so you shouldn't be doing any of it, but just, you know, just think about it. You know what I mean? If you, like, went to buy a car, went to buy a car, like, you're gonna buy, like, um, a 1981 Datsun 280Z two-seater, low mileage, (laughs) restored, and they're like, $75 million. You're like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? And they're like, $18. You're like, okay, you're clearly on drugs man you're on drugs i'm going to back slowly away from this car okay um it looks like um the the tldr here is that uh this person exploited some type of uh programming interface again with the apis in order to get the the information you know like i said the data that this individual got wasn't super juicy so they may have done some type of you know Uh, Bash script, automated, data pull, API thing. You know, APIs, they are accessible. They have access to databases, guys. And sometimes APIs get decommissioned, but they don't get taken offline. It's the same story as like legacy software or technical debt. Um, you know, someone who wrote an API call leaves the company or someone who's writing all these APIs or a team is writing all these APIs and Elon comes in and fires 58% of the workforce. Do you remember when that happened a few months ago? I don't know if you guys recall, but Elon just remember he fired everybody. So if you were in the middle of writing code that was in prod or you were testing it or you were tuning it or whatever, and then you get fired the next day, you know what you're not interested in doing? Fixing the code you you're like you're looking for a new job so You know th- these things happen. It doesn't matter that Twitter Facebook Amazon Google are all Fortune 5 companies with the brightest minds working there people make mistakes People are in a rush people are trying to get home for the holidays, whatever People make mistakes and this crap shows up all the time this particular hacker though I I would I would think that they're accomplished, but I would I would think that this particular hacker is young, okay, based on the way that they're negotiating. Like I would say, eighteen to twenty four years old, and that's no disrespect to young people. It's just that is this is not a this is not <laughs> not a pro move, not experienced.
1: Alibaba CEO takes the reins of its cloud unit. On December 18th, Alibaba Cloud experienced an extended outage with service offline for some customers in Hong Kong and Macau for over 24 hours. This resulted in suspended withdrawals at the cryptocurrency exchange OKX and other site outages. Now the company announced that Alibaba Group CEO and Chairman Daniel Zhang Yong will serve as the acting president of Alibaba Cloud Intelligence. Alibaba framed this as essential for maintaining customer trust in its cloud operations. The cloud unit's former chief Jeff Zhang will continue to lead Alibaba's in-house R and D team, Damo Academy.
0: Okay, so first of all, can we just... all okay, right, so Daniel Daniel Young here is now the CEO um, uh, of Alibaba. So first of all, can we just agree that this photo, I just dropped it in chat. This photo looks like um, John Strand walking away from an explosion, right? I don't know why they have this guy with like a massive 1980s action flick commando style background. Um, I don't know. Do you remember when you were like a kid and you got school photos, at least in the eighties, you could get like laser neon laser beams or you could get like a cool, like, you know, skateboard or something. That's what this looks like. This guy looks like he had, um, you know, strawberry Ridge uh, photography come and do a photo shoot. Um, I'm sure he's a nice man. I'm sure that's an expensive lamp, but that's what that looks like to me. <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. I don't know what they're up to. Okay. So, Alibaba suffers a major um a major breakdown. A couple things. One, Alibaba is this mass Alibaba is essentially Amazon on um in in China. So, a lot of money. Uh the guy who used to run that uh I feel like the Ch- so the Chinese government and the corporate commercial sector are very intertwined in China. And if you're a very successful business, China basically just puts like a government official on on your board. and if you're really, really successful, they put one in charge of your business. um and if you if you veer from the uh, you know the company if you veer from like the government company line, um you get replaced or you get you know all sorts of, uh, bad stuff happens to you or your business. So um, this right here is interesting. Uh, they suffered a cloud service outage. So I don't know if Alibaba has like an AWS capability as well. And that's what this cloud service was. Obviously, um, that's not good for business. The Chinese government has a vested interest in the success and health of Alibaba. Uh, so it looks like um, this guy right here has been put in charge of... of it says CEO of Alibaba, but like it says he's also in charge of the cloud computing business. So I I don't know, like to me, it's usually the CEOs over the entire business. And then you'd have like a vice president over cloud and a vice president over, you know, the e-commerce and a vice president, over you know, like, like basically, you know, the CEO is like a four-star general. And then your two and three-star generals are over, you know, whatever, like the, the, the specific huge businesses themselves. And then, you know, it goes down from there. So the fact that this guy's been put in charge, you know, I don't know. Um, Obviously it's not good. It makes me wonder who, who hit them, whether it was. Whenever I see something like this, it makes me think like who benefits from this, right? I saw some people in chat put Lazarus group. This is in that space. I know when Lazarus group stole or attempted to steal $1 billion. $1 $1 billion from uh, Bangladesh. Uh, they did go through... Um, they went through... Uh, where did they go through? Hong Kong and then to Macau. Maybe not Oh, Philippines. They went from the Philippines to Macau to North Korea. So, I mean, there is some action over there, but there's no... There's. It doesn't make any sense for North Korea to attack or take down... China's uh, cloud services like they're kind of um, in the same they're on the they're in the same camp essentially so it doesn't make any sense so you know my tinfoil hat begins to wander to what what uh, what nation state has the capability to do this that would have a vested interest in flexing on China I you know I'm not gonna I'm not going to speculate any further but you know I do. I do have some initial thoughts that are backed up by nothing other than initial, you know, speculation. But anyways, if you use Alibaba and you run your business through them, you may have experienced some downtime. But the good news is Alibaba's uh, taking it, um, taking it seriously and going after it. So, no, I don't think it's North Korea, Aaron.
1: Now a word from our sponsor, Times. Tynes is the solution for security teams struggling with too much work, a talent shortage and inevitable security incidents. Tynes breaks the silos that exist between technologies and teams so employees can focus on meaningful, not menial tasks. Fewer manual errors and faster response times. Visit Tynes.com to learn more. All right,
0: guys. Like give give yourself like one of these, like warm up. It's the, it's the last one of 2022. So guys, I hope you're having a good experience with the show today. I want to take a hot minute to play some simple minds and remind you guys that I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. I see 138 of us today, 142 of us today. It's very good. If you are getting value out of the show already, if it's entertaining, if it's educating, if you're like, you know, this is a good experience. The one thing I ask is that you go ahead and hit that like button, please. It does mean a lot to me. It helps helps other cybersecurity professionals and other aspiring cybersecurity professionals who are looking to find their way into the industry. It helps them find Simply Cyber and get on this train and and help them on their way to breaking into cyber and leveling up their career. Just hit the like button. Thank you so much. Definitely appreciate it. Want to remind everybody if you didn't catch it last night, I had Alyssa Knight on the channel uh, for a one hour uh, high energy awesome, awesome live stream interview. You can catch this on replay at simplycyber.io slash streams or just go to the Simply Cyber YouTube channel under the lives, it is there right now. She is a amazing person. Uh, we also announced uh, that I, Gerald Osher, uh, will be, I will have my own show on Nights TV Plus uh, in 2023. Night Studios is the production studio, Night TV Plus is the platform where they're releasing content. She has movies, TV shows, and I will have my own show on the platform uh, in 2023. I'll have to fly out to Vegas probably once a month for filming. It's going to be intense, but it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I don't know where I'm going to find the time to do all this, but we'll keep working on it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. That's it's actually, guys. If you saw, I don't know if you know this, but like, I bought this. Uh, I bought this. Um, camera setup for more like vlog style stuff and I've been doing I've been playing around with a little bit of vlog style. The reason being is because when I go to when I go to Vegas, when I do these filmings, when I start I'm gonna be doing all this stuff, I want to film it and share it with you guys just to kind of show you like what that experience looks like and how it's going. Now it's time for Grayson's joke of the day. I wanna share that with everybody. On on New Year's Eve why was the rabbit on new year's eve why was the rabbit so happy on new year's eve why was the rabbit so happy the rabbit was so happy on new year's eve because he had some bunny to love and kiss at midnight Thank you so much, Grayson, for the joke of the day. Genuinely appreciate it. Zombie guy Justin, he could hop into the new year. That was always good. I like that. Yeah, gimbal could be good. Last joke of the year, everybody. 2022 has been a good year. 2022 has been a good year. We've done a lot in 2022. You know how I roll people. I like to level up a little bit every single day. So I'm hoping by the end of 2023, we've got... I don't know, I don't know what Simply Cyber will look like, but I hope it, I think it looks great today, and I hope it looks better in 2023, if you get my drift there. La, 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 All right, guys, if you wanna catch the newsletter on Tuesday that I'm gonna to draft tomorrow, simplycyber.io slash newsletter, drop your email in there and you'll get an email from me, and we'll roll. All right, guys, let's get back into the news.
1: Appeals court revives YouTube privacy lawsuit. In October 2019, Google agreed to pay $170 million to settle charges by the US FTC and the New York Attorney General's office that it illegally collected personal data on children without consent. Back in July 2021, U.S. District Judge Beth Labson Freeman in San Francisco dismissed lawsuits filed by private plaintiffs under various state privacy laws against YouTube and content providers like Hasbro, Mattel and Cartoon Network, which alleged that Google did not comply with the settlement until January 2020. Judge Freeman ruled at the time that the Federal Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, or COPA, preempted state law. COPA only allows the Federal Trade Commission and state attorneys general to file lawsuits regarding data collection on children. Now, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Seattle ruled three to zero that it was nonsensical to suppose Congress intended to bar private plaintiffs from invoking state laws on the subject. The appeals court returned the case to Judge Freeman to consider other grounds that Google and content providers might have to dismiss the case.
0: I did. I I, did anyone else get get what was going on on that story. That just sounded like a lot of legal mumbo jumbo and like nothing for Google, nothing for the private citizens who, whose children or or the, who, who are representing the kids who got, um, their COPA, you know, privacy things infracted. Like that just sounded like a lot of like one judge ruled this way. And then it got appealed and this judge ruled this way. And in a three to oh these lawyers judge this way, like, like, I don't, I, my head hurts from listening to that story with all due respect to Jonathan Stemple who authored this article and whoever the speaker is of the podcast, my, I'm like, I need to take some aspirin and lay down after listening to that. Um, The one thing I'll share with you on this is it sounds like Google and YouTube did some, did some stuff that wasn't good uh, around targeting children or collecting children's information. And someone's going after them for cash money. What sucks, it says private lawsuit. I mean, oh, that's it's privacy related. It says lawsuit. Guys, two things for you. One, well, three things for you. One, um, these lawsuits, I always I guys, this is a fact and it won't change. So if you've heard this before, you know, please bear with me. And two, if you haven't heard it get get get, you know, put it in writing because it's going to be regular. These class action lawsuits suck. Like the only person who wins are the lawyers, like me, you, and the other 149 people in chat right now, like we each get like 87 cents from the, from the, uh, um, adjudication of the lawsuit. It's like, Hey, in 2004, you were totally, totally exploited by Google and YouTube, but don't worry. We took care of it in a record breaking $600 billion settlement. Here's your check for 8 cents. And it's like, Thanks. You like, don't even bother cashing it. Cause it's like, this is lame. And then obviously the law firms get wicked, you know, paid out. Um, so, Great cash, homie. so anyways, that's, that's like, that's one beef I have with like United States class action lawsuits. I, it just, it, it annoys me. Second of all, I appreciate that Google and YouTube um, are being held accountable, but I will say every time I upload a video to YouTube, every time I do anything to YouTube, there is an explicit button that says "Are children in this, Content, yes or no? Are children the targeted audience for this content, yes or no? And if you select yes, um, I think th- there's extra scrutiny. I hope it's not that it just changes the advertising to target children. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's more around because, um, like, I don't even let my kids use YouTube. I let there's like YouTube Kids. There's a thing called Tubi. Like, there's there's like these pre-filtered uh, streaming content platforms. That allow some level of uh, filtering to protect your kids from, like, m- you know, bad actors out there. So I know that Google and YouTube does that right now. So I appreciate that. The third thing, and I just read about this recently. Um, I watched a documentary. Uh, there's a documentary on Netflix right now called "Money Explained." Money Explained, and I, I almost, I believe it was in Money Explained where I saw this, but I might be wrong. I can find it if anyone wants it. But basically back in the day, like in the, in the, in the thirties and forties, when TV first came out, there were like no laws around advertising to children. So like, um, the advertising would just be like straight up in your face advertising and they would like, it, it would just, it, it was manipulative advertising, um, and there was a, a woman who like ran a campaign and took it to to the court and like the whole reason that like the way advertising is done today the way that advertising can't be kind of baked in to tv shows um it's because of this woman and the ability to stop essentially like manipulating children into wanting certain products and certain stuff like that um i think it was how they used to do advertising baked into the show so it'd be like you know it'd be like homer simpson right uh, going to the power plant, or being like, "Oh, hey Bart, go get me, uh, go get me a beer, and make sure it's one of those delicious Budweiser beers, King of Beer." You know what I mean? Like it would be baked into the show, um, except it was with kids and toys and and uh, that type of stuff. So, anyways, long story short, I have kids. I'm glad that there's lawsuits around. Uh, there's privacy laws around it, but at the same time, the people who get held accountable and get paid out uh, when those laws are broken are lawyers, not uh, citizens.
1: Mango markets trader charged with fraud. The U.S. Department of Justice charged crypto trader Avraham Eisenberg with commodities fraud and commodity manipulation following a series of trades on the Solana-based exchange mango markets. Back in October, the market said a hacker manipulated its price oracle, resulting in $110 million worth of crypto drained from the exchange. Eisenberg admitted to being involved with a team that operated a highly profitable trading strategy related to the incident shortly thereafter. The DOJ alleges Eisenberg sold the exchange's governing token, MNGO, from one account to another under his control, then began buying large amounts to increase the value of his holdings before borrowing against his holdings and withdrawing the $110 million. Mango's insurance fund was insufficient to cover the loss, resulting in the platform essentially becoming insolvent.
0: What a prick. Hold on. Let's do this. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's the sound that also I'm a crypto evangelist I love it love it love it guys this is like again like I feel like um you know we we've snapped the uh we've snapped the rug a few times and like most of the dirt and cockroaches have have snapped out of the rug but like if you gave it another quick snap like this thing uh pops out too so we're not fully out of it but dude This this market is so unregulated; it's like out of control. This dude did basically the same thing that FTX did on a smaller scale. They had a platform. He he like moved money to himself and then used the platform to jack to like basically pump pump the value of whatever it was that he just took and then dumped it. Okay, so it's like this is like a classic pump and dump scheme. I I do find it funny. I, I hate to say funny. But I do find it interesting that at the beginning of crypto, there were much more like elaborate, very, you know, nuanced scams. And now it's devolved into like basic embezzlement, basic pump and dump, basic pyramid Ponzi schemes. Like if you watch the, um, I think it's Congress hearings on FTX and that whole thing. Like the guy who's the new CEO, the guy who like basically showed up after Enron did what Enron did. This guy's the same guy. He's like, this is, it's not even sophisticated what they're doing. He's like, it's basic embezzlement. They took money from one and moved it secretly to another and abused those funds. There's nothing sophisticated about it. So anyways, this dude, uh, because of this guy's greed, he basically drove this entire, uh, business, this mango market, I guess. um, to insolvency because there was no money underneath it. He, he he basically took all the value out of it and then crashed it. So ni- nicely done. um You, you crypto bro DeFi expert, I, you know, like, you know, whatever. Like I, I feel here's my thing, man. I feel for the victims here because crypto has been like touted and marketed and, and and promoted as like if you don't get in now you're gonna miss the wave you're gonna be kicking yourself like you should have bought apple in 1980s you should have bought netflix in the early 2000s like this is your opportunity to change your life you know get rich quick it, i mean it's got it's got all the hallmarks of scam get rich quick like things and the people behind the scenes are absolutely um what's the word i want to use that's not that word um are absolutely ravaging victims it's it's gross man
1: hacktivist groups using customized telegram app the record covered the use of the partisan telegram or p telegram app by several hacktivist groups across belarus ukraine and iran p telegram builds off the source code of the standard telegram messaging app but includes a feature that automatically deletes selected chats when entering in a specific sos password it also supports sending notifications to others when an SOS password is used, allows designated accounts to remotely activate an SOS password on the device, and takes a picture of the front camera when using the SOS code. The app first appeared in 2021 with roughly 10,000 downloads on GitHub.
0: You know what? I absolutely love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so here, ready? Um, replace the word crypto here. I'm a Ingenuity. evangelist. I love it. Love I love, it, it, love it. it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So dude, this to me right here is an absolute, I love like no one, most people don't seek adversity, but I, I love when adversity, when adversity pushes and, and, and causes novel new thinking to solve problems that help and advance things, okay? So I, I love this, right? This this Belarusian uh, group, you know, basically um, this guy, this 25-year-old got held by the KGB last summer, which has got to be wicked scary. Can you imagine just like being 25, like having a beer or whatever, like, you know, like talking about like romantic encounters or getting excited for New Year's Eve because you're going to go YOLO and you get rounded up by like real scary security forces. And then, um, you know, search, search their phone, search your stuff because of anti-government protests, right? Like, Oh, you're not a, you're a enemy of the state. We're going after you. Like that's scary as hell. So I love that this individual is like, okay, like, how are we going to do it rights rights or, or is involved in the creation of a Communication platform that's like Telegram, but has security features to help protect the individual. Now, of course, this can be weaponized by criminals, right? I'm sure, um, you know, sophisticated threat actors would love to have the ability to communicate and then have the evidence destroyed. Um, much like <clears throat> much like FTX and Sam Bankman Fried's group, um, it sounded like they were using messaging apps to do expense reports and to request fund allocations that... Uh, would, would destroy the message after a certain period of time. So there was no paper trail. So it can be used in a weaponized way. But I just appreciate that they invented this thing as a response to um, uh, you know, sharing messages and being a, like a hacktivist, essentially, uh, to protect themselves with um, using an SOS password to kind of change um, how the phone behaves. That way, If someone takes your phone away from you, uses your face to unlock the phone, and then goes through your messages, you can, like, you feel okay that, like, hey, you know, the stuff that I've been doing, uh, I'm not—they're not going to see it or whatever. Now, again, this cuts both ways, right? When you're dealing with a um, oppressive authoritarian regime, um, you know, the way revolution happens, the way that you revolt against an um an oppressive power, is by you know, communicating and doing stuff like that. Like, think, think of any, think of any, um, authoritative regime that's been turned over, right? Like, think of like the empire in the original star Wars, right? Massive, massive forces, military and political. They had a freaking death star, right? They had a planet that could blow up other planets. That's, that's pretty next level, um, OP, right? Right. But, you know, the Rebellion, they're sharing encrypted messages. They have USB drives. Help help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. They have R2-D2s running around with secret battle plans, right? They needed to communicate in a secure fashion, right? They had the little probe droid come in and try to, like, probe Leia. Why? To get that information. Do you understand? Like, this is how, you know, revolution happens, right? And, you know, it's all in the... I hate to say it, but it's all in the eye of the person, right? Because one person's revolution is seen as another person's terrorism, okay? So you got to be careful. But I just, I guess the TLDR here is that I appreciate that this is a response due to adversity, uh, and this is how people think, man. Like, this is this is how it goes. Sorry
1: sorry to go off on a tangent, okay? Um, iOS vulnerability used in iPhone app. Developer Zoe Zhang published a proof-of-concept app that uses a known iOS exploit to allow users to overwrite the default fonts on the OS without a jailbreak. The exploit impacts iOS 16.1.2 and earlier versions and effectively allows for arbitrary code execution. Zhang says the app should be safe to use as all changes are reversed on a reboot, but still recommends backing up devices. The app isn't available on the App Store for obvious reasons. Instead, users have to compile the Xcode project to install the app or manually sign the IPA file with a developer certificate.
0: Thanks again. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, Okay, so... uh, Okay, so this is interesting. Apple phones have long been um you know they're walled gardens right you can't install apps on them easily um without jailbreaking them uh you can use xcode which is like a platform uh that allows you to like think of xcode as like um uh, like a visual basic ide or like that that probably doesn't resonate um think of xcode as like a platform that allows you to write Uh, I think Apple Swift is the language for writing apps and stuff like that. But Xcode is kind of like the platform for like bundling and delivering and packaging and sending to, um, Apple devices. So like when developers are working on projects and stuff, they, they're not going to get their app into the app store so they can download it and test their app. They have to have, uh, like a test pilot type thing or a, a way to, you know, work through and refine the programming so they can use this. Um, the, this developer has found a way to put a custom font. So I don't know if where the fonts are kept or not like at the kernel level, they're kept in user land or something like that. And that's that's how it allows you to change the font. Uh, it does not require jailbreak, which is interesting. But every time you reboot the phone, uh, you lose that font. So it's obviously resident in memory only. You can't write to the phone's memory. Um, excuse me. You can't write to its permanent memory or update its... its um, Firmware, I guess, for lack of a better term or operating system. The one thing I would argue is like, okay, this is pretty cool. It is pretty cool, but at the same time, kind of inconvenient. So I'm not sure who's actually doing it. Um, but it looks like it, it takes advantage of an exploit um, that's already out. So this won't even last very long because anybody that patches won't be able to take advantage of this feature because it's literally leveraging a vulnerability. The one thing I would say is like, is it really worth a custom Is it really worth putting Comic Sans on your iPhone to com- to compromise the integrity of it? Right again, maybe it's a pr- maybe it's apropos that I did the attack surface reduction try hack me lab for Advent of Cyber this year. This right here, like, is not worth it to me. Like to me, you're actually introducing uh, compromise to your, uh, you're, you're, you're introducing additional attack surface and potential compromise to your device. So you can have comic sans on your phone. Like, yeah, it's cool. But like, is it that cool that you need to do this? Uh, I don't think so. Um, again, it's interesting that security researchers can modify the Apple iOS without jailbreaking it. That's the real story here that there are mechanisms and ways to do it. But they're taking advantage of a vulnerability to do it. So, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting if you didn't need to um, exploit it. So anyways, long story short, you know, you do you, boo. But if you're, interest in, if you're interested in introducing risk to yourself for Comic Sans, um, you know, <laughs> don't put anything sensitive in, on your phone and don't, don't use it as a critical asset.
1: For listening to cybersecurity headlines.
0: Whoa! Oh, Jesus! Hold on! Hold on! Wow! Everything just went to hell there really quickly. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for today's stream. Let me let me do this. All right, guys. If you were here for the um, the news, that is the news. I do want to take a hot minute while you're still here and wish everybody a happy, happy New Year. Please be safe this weekend. There's a lot of rookies out there who don't know how to drink um who are going to get wicked hammered and make horrible decisions and i don't want any of you to be uh the unfortunate recipient of those terrible decisions you know one way or the other so be good be safe guys 2022 we're putting a close to it it was a great great year um kind of dug out of this COVID thing um you know a lot happened for simply cyber you guys are here for most of the ride uh, or many of you were here for the whole ride, so I appreciate that. Um, I, I want to celebrate all of your accomplishments. Haircut fish starting new in the new year. Kerry getting his certs. So many of you making making moves like a snake in the grass roundabout if, to pull a Wu Tang reference. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, um, you know, guys, 2023 is our year. Let's let's uh, let's get out there and crush it. Okay. Want to remind everybody in four minutes. We're going to be doing a live, sh- um, a premiere, which, so I'm going to jaw jack for the next couple minutes. Um, but we're going to do a premiere over on Simply Cyber Live, where I'll be in the chats. Um, guys, we've got two options if you're interested for the jaw jacking emote. This one comes from Haircut Fish. This could be jaw jacking. Also, I'm seeing this one as well. Give me some thoughts, T Team B. Team A, Team B. Team C is, you don't like either of them. Team A, Team C. Holler at me if you like like either of these or jaw jack and emote. Team A is this guy. Team B is Jabba Jaws. Team A, Jaws on a jack. <laughs> team B, Jabba Jaws. Holler at me. I'm seeing a lot of Team A up in here. Bsec doesn't like either of them. Team B is classic. Aaron, all right. A couple people don't like either of them. I'm seeing a lot of A. Strasburg, it likes B. All right. Looks like looks like heavy team A. Maybe I'll have to run a poll. Here, let me do this. Jabba, jaw. jaw oh, wait, hold on. Jaw jacking emote. Let me do this. Uh, let's see, teeth and jack, jabber jaws, neither. All right, let's do this really quickly. Let's run a quick little, um, run a quick poll. Third option, like Vince Flynn, I don't know who Vince Flynn is. AA Ron all the way, I love it. Uh, all right, let me see, I'm looking back through chat, guys. Yes, I love, I love how everybody's feeling. Today, it's good. Let's see how the poll's doing. Yeah, team May is crushing it. T May is crushing it. Let that poll run for a minute. Yep, yeah, two minutes, I'm gonna drop in a minute here. Let's see, we're gonna be going Mechanic to Cyber. I'm gonna put a link in chat to Mechanic to Cyber. you are interested in jumping in there. We will be premiering this. All right, let's look at this. Two thirds of you like the jaw jacking. two thirds of you like this guy. So we might we might be going with this here. We could have multiple jaw jacking. What's what's everybody's big plan for 2023? I'm pumped. All right, guys. Thanks, Tom Bishop. I do feel more myself. I do feel more myself. It's been stressful, guys. There's been a lot going on. All right. Yes, Kimberly's going to crush it. I love it. THM inserts. I love that. More cyber. Get certified. OSCP on Nakamura. I love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Let's see, get a job in cyber. Yes. Love it, Aaron KG. Munchkin, more cyber. Attack my strategy. Nice. Oh, Adam Frank. Hey, I won't say anything, Adam, but can we just say, Nice job, man. Way to crush it. Way to crush it. As soon as the premiere starts, I'm going to end the show and jump over there. Guys, this will be no show on Monday. No show on Monday. No show on Monday. Nice, Kayla Rose. Love mentoring. Oh, Randall. Thank you for your service, and that's a great idea. Let's go, Nick. Plenty of room in the sock. Get in there, my man. Get TCM badges. I love it. You know, I don't know if it's in the cards. I'm actually getting a whole new... Like, my wife and I have been working on this. We're going to put a whole new um, studio in the back... Like, in the backyard. We're going to... I'm going to build a a building <laughs> for for my studio. And uh, that's gonna be a big thing in uh, 2023 for me. I'd love to get the PNPT also. I have no reason to get the PNPT, but I want it. <laughs> oh, I love it, Mervin. Keep crushing it. Finish that masterclass. All right, guys, looks like the mechanic to Cyberzone. Let's go. Guys, be good, everyone. We'll see you over in the premiere for Mechanic to Cyber. Thank you all so much. Be good. Happy New Year, (laughs) y'all.